Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. One day a man became lost in a dense forest. He happened upon a rose garden. He plucked a rose from the hedge and a beast emerged. To spare his life, he promised to deliver his daughter, Beauty, to the castle. The young lady was enchanted with the castle, with its fountains, exotic birds, exquisite furnishings. Yet the ugly beast marred the appearance of it all. One night at dinner, the beast asked her to marry him. She refused, but over time, a friendship developed. And on a short visit back home, Beauty realized she had fallen in love with the beast. The next time Beast asked her to marry him, she accepted, and he was immediately transformed into a handsome prince. They were married and lived happily ever after. The moral of that 18th century tale by Madame de Villeneuve is that true beauty is often disguised in ugliness. Here on Daily Devotion this week, we're talking about our prayer lives before God. If you would permit me to borrow from that old story and an even older story in the Bible, I want to show you the beauty of prayer. Everyone loves a love story, and I don't care how rough and tough you are. I probably had your attention for that first opening minute better than I will for the rest of this devotion. One of the most favorite love stories in the Bible is that of Isaac and Rebekah, because it's so much like the greatest love story ever told the story of Jesus and his bride, the church. You see, Isaac is much like Jesus, born in supernatural circumstances to aged parents, Abraham and Sarah. Jesus, too, was born in supernatural circumstances. Isaac would carry wood to his own sacrifice as Christ carried a cross up the hill. Then there's Rebekah. The bride of Isaac, she's very much like the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church. She is the one that went the second mile, as the church is also instructed to do. She was willing to leave her world behind in pursuit of a man that she had never seen. The church, too, is making a similar pilgrimage. We've not seen him, but our hearts tell us he's waiting for us. It's in Genesis 24. There's another character mentioned in that story of Isaac and Rebekah. It's mentioned more than any other character. It was the camels. And through that character, Rebekah was revealed as the future bride and would be upon the shoulders of that character. Rebekah would be delivered to Isaac. The camel is called the ship of the desert, the burden bearer. Lord, Eliezer prayed, let the young lady who not only offers water to me, but waters these camels as well. Let her be the one. What the servant had asked for was no small task, but Rebecca met the challenge. She draws some water for the stranger, and then in fulfillment of his prayer request, she watered the camels until they stopped drinking. It reminds me of another time in Scripture when the disciples had witnessed our Lord praying. So profound was its impact on them. One of the disciples separated from the rest and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Martin Luther once said, as a shoemaker makes a shoe and a tailor makes a coat, so ought a Christian to pray. Prayer is daily business for a Christian. 
John Bunyan said, to be a Christian means to be one who prays. You can be a Christian and not be able to sing. You can belong to the church without being able to read. You can be in the family of God and not be able to preach or teach or have all of these talents. But you can't be a Christian without being able to pray. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. Luke 18, Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Paul again in Ephesians 6, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And in Philippians 4, be careful for nothing, but in everything, let your requests be made known unto God. Paul told his son in the faith, Timothy, first of all, prayers. And what about what God said to Solomon, if my people will pray? There's a way you can tell what child of God will make it to the wedding day. There is a vehicle for delivering God's people. It's the uncomely. It's the awkward. It's the ungainly beast of prayer. Prayer is the universal approach to God. We offer up our worship and praise through prayer. We receive his spirit through prayer. We receive direction through prayer. Prayer is our burden bearer. It's uniquely designed to carry the church from earth to glory. Those who tarry are endued with power from on high. Those who say, I will not let you go until you bless me, have found the power that's only available in prayer. But some people find prayer to be a beast, to be ugly. A camel in the story of Genesis 24 that is so much like the burden bearer of prayer. That camel is not a gazelle. It doesn't have the grace of a lynx or a leopard. It's not particularly beautiful. Some find prayer to be the same, a difficult beast to appreciate. In fact, let's go ahead and say it. Some people absolutely hate to pray. I think that one of the devil's wiliest tricks is to destroy the best with the good. It's good to lead a small group. It's good to exercise your ministry, sing in the choir, testify, work around the house of God. That's all good. But it's best to pray. Don't let the good take the place of the best. It's in those moments we look away to Jesus that our lives are changed. The flesh does not like to be humbled. But the downside of avoiding this humbling is that the Lord knows the proud from a distance, and that's exactly where he keeps them. Prayer is our daily reminder that we can get too big for God to use us, but we can never be too small. Daily we need bread. Daily we need God. Though you and I may hear the applause of thousands, if we fail to hear the soft clapping of two nail-scarred hands, We've missed it. We've missed what life was all about. Lord, teach us to pray. And more than that, teach us to find the beauty in this beast called prayer. I believe that prayer has at least a threefold beauty. There's no extrinsic beauty of prayer. Prayer is brutal business. If we look beyond the cursory glance with its inconveniences, its tears, its travails, we could find the beauty only found in prayer. If we could ask Rebecca on that pivotal day in her life when everything changed, 
What beauty, what drew you to these beasts of burden? Why were you so willing to go the second mile to water these camels? Could you tell us why we should pay attention to this? After all, prayer was fine for the brush arbors, the storefronts, and the camp meetings. But surely we progress beyond that. Rebecca, do we still need this beast? I wonder if Rebecca could speak what she would say. Maybe she would describe the most obvious beauty of this beast. Is First, it comes highly recommended. Rebecca was not given a choice. The vehicle sent from the father's house was this beast of burden. Jesus figuratively rode that beast extensively. He put prayer through the paces in the wilderness, on the mountaintop, in the garden, in a cemetery. Throughout his earthly ministry, we find Jesus meeting with this beast of prayer. What other beauty is there? Second, it has stamina and strength. Camels can survive the Arctic cold or the Sahara heat, can carry up to a thousand pounds of cargo, even in the desert, can travel for days without food and water, have tremendous reserves of strength. Why is prayer beautiful? It has stamina and has strength. Rebecca, you're 400 miles from Isaac. But when she finished watering and feeding those camels, those camels could go over a thousand miles without refueling because prayer has more than enough power to see you through and to get you home. Jesus gave us the divine multiple choice. Either we pray or we faint. We can make the trip with prayer. Here's a third beauty of this beast of prayer. It has an inner guidance system. It's like a pigeon. If a camel has made the trip once, it can make the trip twice. It knows where home is. Prayer may seem slow, but every step in prayer is one in the right direction. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to the Lord in prayer. Prayer will see you through. But pastor, I still don't see the beauty. Okay, here it is. They that wait upon the Lord. What beauty is there in that? Well, hold on. Shall renew their strength. That's the beauty in the beast of prayer. Weeping may endure for a night. That doesn't sound pleasant. Where's the beauty in solitary weeping? Well, here it comes. But joy comes in the morning. There's beauty in this beast. I think this is the big decision. Laban looked at Rebecca and said, Wilt thou go with this man? The question is whether we have persevering faith. Do we have what it takes to go all the way with God? Rebecca had already shown she had the ability to go above and beyond the call of duty. Now she had to answer, are you willing? She didn't have to answer that in the affirmative just once, but each day during the journey, she had to make the decision to ride on that beast of burden. Are you willing to hold on to its mane? Are you willing to say, I will not let go. I'm going to make it to the other side. It was evening, the Bible says, when Isaac walked from his tent and looked at the horizon, and he saw the camel caravan coming toward him. The Bible said he raced across the field, and there he would meet his bride-to-be. Rebecca heard a shout. She sees Eliezer pointing to a figure coming toward them. Abraham's servant turns to Rebecca, and I like to think he, he must have said, this is it. This is the day we've been preparing for. This is the day we've been longing for. Rebecca, this is why we water the beasts. This is why we rode through the desert. That's him. And this 
is your wedding day. The camels came to a stop. And the Bible says that Rebecca crawled off her camel. I can't help but imagine before she raced into the arms of Isaac that she turned and looked back at that ugly kneeling beast and said, thank you. You carried me home. We once sang this song, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer. May I thy consolation share till from Mount Pisgah's lofty height, I view my home and take my flight. In my immortal flesh, I'll rise to seize the everlasting prize. Shout while passing through the air. Farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. Each and every day on this devotion, they come. They're tethered all around. They come in search of cargo. They seek needs bigger than you can handle, a burden too large for you to carry. They're here for you to cast your cares on. They're here to take you through this life to the lover of your soul, to the land where bondage is exchanged for liberty, where ashes become beauty and heaviness is replaced by hope. They're here. I just wonder, is there anyone listening right now? You would say, I will water these camels, just one that will separate and say, I will pray. Don't think you have neither a well nor a bucket because the burden bearer is watered with tears that spring from the fount within. They are prepared to carry you and your family and everything you carry all the way to glory. That's the beauty in this beast of prayer. Why don't you accept the burden bearer into your life? Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.